There's nothing like a daddy in the whole world. And the spiritual leadership and excitement they bring to family life are worth celebrating. We have a wonderful panel today, and we're talking about Dad's Special Gifts. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hi, I'm Lisa Maladnik, and today our guests are Mike Aquilina, Walter Crawford, and Tom Weishar to give the daddy side of the story in our panel discussion about dad's special gifts. Mike Aquilina is Executive Vice President of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. He has written many books and hosted 11 TV series. Walter Crawford is the founder and president of Homeschool Connections and co-founder of Good Counsel Careers. He and his wife Emily are homeschooling four of their six kids in Texas. Tom Weishar, LPC, is a pastoral counselor at Pastoral Solutions. That's at catholiccounselors.com. He's an advisor on the Catholic HOM app, and his wife and he homeschool their three children. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, What a privilege it is just to be with you today to talk about that secret sauce that dads bring to homeschooling and family life. It's different for every dad and every set of circumstances. So we know there's going to be lots of other dad stories out there in our listening audience that have their own uniqueness. But it's going to be really exciting to hear your stories on this topic of dad's special gifts. So let's go around the table and start by everyone just please telling us the age range of your children, how long you've been homeschooling, and a brief description of how you see your role in the homeschool. Mike, we'll start with you. My oldest is 33 years old, and my youngest is 19. So I guess we've been, you know, according to my philosophy, we've been homeschooling for 33 years. Uh, And uh, technically, I guess if you'd say we were homeschooling for 28 years, if you wanted to count from the kindergarten age forward, um, uh, we've always been... uh, um, relaxed homeschoolers, I guess you'd call it, leaning toward unschooling. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'm sure lots of people listening are doing something similar. We've had some episodes on unschooling, such a beautiful, rich way to walk with our families. Uh, Walter, how about you? Yeah, so we have, our oldest is 21, just as of a couple of days ago, and our youngest is five. Uh, We've been homeschooling since the beginning as well. Uh, But if you want to kind of do the math, probably first grade right on six. So 16, or I'm sorry, yeah, about 16 years of homeschooling from A to Z. Um, And the youngest one is being homeschooled, but uh, he's kind of almost an unschooling track so far because it's just, hey, let's fall. Let's learn what brothers and sisters are learning, that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, it's been a it's been a great ride. Did you ask? Did you want to uh, learn about our roles, too? Yeah, you know, I forgot to follow up on that with you, Mike. So go ahead and answer that, Walter. We'll circle back to Mike and then we'll bring Tom forward. Mike was just afraid to answer the question. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but um, yeah, the uh, so, uh, you know, the hat that I feel like I wear is multi layers. one of the biggest things, I was the one who wanted to homeschool. 
from from the onset. Uh, my wife was a teacher uh, we, when we got married, but um, she that wasn't necessarily in her vision. Uh, uh, she did not have the the kind of the, that wasn't really what she was thinking about because she was in Catholic. She had uh, been a teacher in Catholic uh, Catholic school, so um, it was my ambition um, as I kind of learned my through my master's degree in education, adult education. Um, that you know what Ed- education really isn't something that is in a box, like we're typically prescribed when we think about um, uh, you know going to school and whatnot. And it starts at eight in the morning and ends at five. Um, rather, it's something that is, for the most part, actually continues well beyond uh, our, our our schooling years, if you will, outside of college and and so on. So. Um, by reading books and being engaged in the learning process, teaching yourself something new each day. Um, so that was kind of what I, you know, I wanted it to be a homeschooling situation, given that um, that means we could do other things. We could inspire our children to learn. And so my role is, as I see it, is to support my wife in that endeavor, uh, to help her find new angles on how we can homeschool. But also to be that principal when necessary, to be the disciplinarian, so to intervene to, uh, when, when necessary, uh, when the kids are a little bit raucous or not, let's say, conforming <laughs> to the lessons of the day. Um, but the other hat that I wear, and this has been going on for the better part of a year now, uh, I take my my kids early in the morning. I, I go to the gym to exercise early, early in the morning, uh, but mostly because my son wants to go. And um, and so it's kind of led to a uh, a group of boys and dads get together early in the morning at the gym and the boys play basketball or whatever and I'll exercise. And then when at the end of my 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 routine, I'll I'll get in there and play basketball with them. So my five year old comes with us because his brother comes. He's the, he's the youngest boy. And um, the middle boy um, is is in there. Uh, you know, he's the one who's kind of move, moving us forward. He's 10. And so, um, and we're bringing others into the phrase, so to speak. My wife will be joining us now, and and my daughter as well. So, my my two daughters. So, that that that's I could go on about the hats that I wear, but those are the two biggest ones that I see me me wearing. And if you want to throw in a third, kind of the inspiration, the motivational leader, not only for my wife to help keep going, keep going, but also for the children to keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love same, the change same, in tone. Yeah, same same <laughs> words, different tone. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, Mike, sorry for skipping over that. Um, where do you see your role? How would you define it? Well, uh, I've been um, working from home uh, since my son was six years old. So that's been kind of a luxury. Uh, I'm, I've always been around. Uh, I am the the sole breadwinner in the family. So my, my role is to to get my work done to a great extent. Uh, but but one advantage of that and one advantage being at home is that my children were able to to see my work, see me doing my work at all stages of my work uh, in difficulties and uh, and in triumphs and all of that stuff. So they've been around for that. Uh, they've they've had a chance to grow up in the business as they get older they they've had chances to travel with me for my business because I travel a lot um so I I, t- I, I I've taken them along whenever I can uh, and it's it's given them a chance to hone some skills my wife does the lion's share of planning and interaction with the kids um, I've always been here I've seen my role largely to to model uh, what uh, an adult working situation would be uh, to 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 bring the kids into that situation very gradually. Uh, 
and and also to 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 have conversations with them because if you're unschooling, if you're doing the relaxed thing, it's important that you have a connection uh, with with each and every one of the kids. And sometimes that's not an easy thing because sometimes you have kids who are extremely introverted, even within a family situation. So so you have to draw them out. And uh, in order to do that, I've tried to be into whatever they're into. Uh, if they're all in on some certain author, whether I like the author or not, <laughs> I'm reading the books. You know, I, I, I've n- I never read a vampire novel in my life. <laughs> until my <laughs> girls started reading vampire novels you know and then talking to them oh and uh and and their music too because music is really important it was important to me at, at that age so that so that you can have the conversations uh you can you can be involved in their lives that uh, in the things that they consider important mm, i love that i feel like that's the literary equivalent or the intellectual equivalent of daddy, this is such a, a classic image, it's almost a Rockwell image, daddy perched on a tiny chair holding a tiny teacup, right? <laughs> it's, it's that coming into their world and accompanying, and, and dads have that really um, enormously important charism that is so, you know, disregarded in our culture of helping bridge to the outside world for kids, helping them have a, re- a really positive relationship, have a sense of belonging in the world, um, that moms have a different charism. It's more, you know, sort of intimately relational and other things, but dad pl- pays a very special role there um, in being that bridge. How, how tenderly you describe that, it's so important to understand just the, the heroism of even breaking away from work to have conversations, to die to self in those moments when you work from home. All right, thank you so much. Tom, what are you thinking about all this? <laughs> yeah, so I have a, a pretty unique role in the family. I do spend a fair amount of time working myself and I am the the sole breadwinner. But when I'm with the kids, definitely the priority for us is theology. I definitely try and get into that role of priest of the family as much as possible that um, I'm reading the Bible with the kids. I'm having conversations. We do saying of the day. Um, and I'm really engaging them relationally in the way that uh, uh, Mike talked about. I love the way you talked about connecting with um, with the kids. I think that's so important, and especially around faith. You know, if if dads are out there and they're wondering, hey, I'm, I want to do something with my kids for homeschooling, what should I do? The number one thing I would absolutely encourage dads to do is to read a little scripture with them, pray a little with them, talk to them about the faith, give your kids the sense that they're the center of your life, um, and also that the faith is the center of your life too. Um, and I think that's one of the absolute best things to do in homeschooling. I've uh, I've done a little bit with memory work and with math with um, with the kids, um, but definitely front and center is theology. And I think I think you could say um, I'm no Mike Aquilina, but I do my best. And I pray to God. <laughs> you and I'll tell you, you should I'm thank so- God for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm having such a great and surreal experience that I'm so I'm totally going to share this with my wife. She's going to ask me how the podcast went. And I'm going to say I was in there with Mike Aquilina and Mike Aquilina talked about uh, reading out of a vampire novel. And I talked about the Bible. Wait right here. I'm going to get my wife so she can hear this. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> she might have something to contribute here. <laughs> we it's okay with us to have zoom bombing wives <laughs> popping in uh that's how we roll here <laughs> oh my goodness so how many kids do you have tom oh and i've got a nine a seven and a five it's a boy girl boy Oh, how wonderful. And I love that you're the theology leader, that you're embracing that priesthood that's part of our, our life as Catholics, and especially as a father. Just one statistic that always stands out for me, and this is a secular statistic, um, that 28% of kids whose the mother only practices the faith, though the, they will continue to practice the faith. But if the father does, it's closer to 80%. The father's spiritual leadership is anointed by God. This is another place where fathers need to understand that even if you're not a theologian, if you're not a, a you know, like Mike, uh, someone who is an expert on the early church fathers, be, bridging that gap, letting your children see that daddy gets down on his knees and prays, that daddy loves the word of God, however simply or, or be, in a beginner way or by a program that takes the whole family through the faith, do whatever you can do. That leadership is powerful. Just beautiful. Thank you so much, Tom. Amen. Thank you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, I love the way science catches up with God. They're starting to notice that God's ways are the best ways. All right. So let's go around the table again in the same order. We'll start with you, Mike, and just hear some examples of what, you know, we, we've gotten little peeks into it, more about what that role looks like day to day. What is a typical day in your homeschool like? Or, you know, just step us into some of the vignettes. Well, right now we're we're finished <laughs> in a sense uh, because my my oldest um my oldest is nineteen now uh, or my youngest I'm sorry she's still at home uh, uh, she was she was in a uh, religious order uh, for the uh, for the discernment phase phase and then discerned out um, but she's back home now and uh, and so but we're not we're not homeschooling her except in the in the uh, loosest sense that we'll be homeschooling our all of our kids for all of their lives. You know? mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, so, um, so, so, you know, a typical day was just a typical day for the family because all of the kids had different approaches to learning. We found that out or very early. Some of them needed more attention. Some of them wanted less attention and, uh, and, and they were all pursuing different ends. We, um, we never had a, a, a television in the house. Uh, in the beginning, we didn't have one because my wife and I just couldn't afford one. We certainly couldn't afford cable. So um, so we didn't have that screen that was demanding their time. All of the kids became avid readers and just loved to consume books. So if you just kind of got them out of bed in the morning, they were going to be reading all day. So, so you'd often just uh, walk around the house and see kids on various uh, couches and, and, um, and, uh, and, and chairs reading, you know, that's, that's kind of the way it went. My wife, kept track of everything because um because that's um that's uh that, that, you know that, that's what was required by the state of Pennsylvania during that time. Pennsylvania had a fairly restrictive homeschooling law uh for most of the time we were doing this. So we had to keep keep records of things and we and, and we did. You know, we kept lists of the books they read. That was the bulk of of what we did. 
but if the kids wanted special attention for something, like my daughter, when she decided she wanted to work in publishing, she made that decision in early high school. Um, we were able to focus her education so that I could uh, bring her in on more of my work, uh, so that uh, I could have conversations with her. We could we could buy those books in a focused way, so that she was she was going up an inclined plane, getting to know the skills and that sort of thing. Uh, another one of my daughters is is uh, you know was always very quiet like this this little mouse uh, all the time she was growing up and you really had to draw her out um when i found out uh about what she was very interested in uh, you know I, I was able to cultivate that a little bit she got really interested in the king arthur legends and so we started um with the um the howard pyle versions from the early 20th century which which are more or less in our language they have a stilted language but it's deliberately stilted you know to sound archaic and we got into those and she said she she wanted to to learn where those came from i should say all this began with cs lewis's narnia uh, oh, stories because she wanted to know what were the sources, what were his sources, what what inspired Lewis. So we wow. started doing the Howard Pyle, and then we went back to the originals, the medieval originals, and we started going through those. And then we read Don Quixote because he's uh, he's doing a parody of those, and she just got immersed in it, and it benefited me. I mean, I learned so much about those legends and their development that I ended up writing a book about it. You know, I, I wrote a wow. book about the Grail legends. So, um. So it uh, it educated me while it was educating her, and it was something that she was passionate about. So you could kind of ride that wave uh, forward. Wow, I love that. I've heard that from moms so often that they just ended up filling in gaps in their own education or getting inspired just by walking with their kids and their unique interests and all of that. So good. Thank you, Mike. What about you, Walter? What does it look like day to day? Well, as kind of Mike pointed out, I, I work from home um, and have been for quite a while, even before Homeschool Connections was a full-time gig for me. Uh, I worked from home because my employer permitted it. So I've been almost home exclusively for the entire time that we homeschooled when, when my daughter was uh, six or seven. And, um, you know, that the day in the life is, you know, we, we start out pretty early now. Um, in the sense that, you know, if you, I, I kind of like, I liken what we do in the morning in the gym as part of their education, simply because the athletic component, if you will. And that's not by design per se. It's just, hey, dad's going to the gym. Can I go with him? It's kind of thing. And it turned into that. And it's been very beneficial for, for the boys. You see kind of this focus that they tend to have uh, in the day that didn't exist before. Not to mention the fact it's great for them to have to run into their friends and have that that uh, that man time, if you will. Um, uh, so that is that is a part of that's the beginning part of our day. Then it transitions into breakfast, and then you know the kind of the conversations we have around the breakfast table. And most of the time, we're standing up. We're not like sitting around. Oh, let's all congregate and let's have breakfast together. It's it's kind of walk. It's a walking breakfast, right? Everyone's <laughs> trying to get their day going. Everyone's trying to get uh, all situated. My wife's grabbing her coffee. I'm not a big coffee drinker. Uh, she's trying to get her day going. She, um, but we will start off with prayer in the morning. Is a typical um, a typical formulaic approach, and and it's not formulaic in the sense. I don't mean to sound like it's. It's, you know, we've got to do this. No, it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for us to kind of gather our thoughts, kind of like we did before the uh, podcast where there's a prayer to kind of settle the day, right? To kind of prepare our minds, our hearts, our souls, our dispositions 
to what we have in front of us. And then that transitions to, you know, let's see where we're at with each of the kids. So one kid will be, you know, working on their math. One kid will uh, maybe, uh, you know, working on, you know, literature. The, the two youngest are kind of in their infancy stages, if you will, with regard to their learning process. My daughter, my seven-year-old, is going through the reading process, trying to learn how to read. And my youngest, as I said, is just kind of learning uh, from all the big kids. And that's <laughs> typically how it's unfolded. The youngest always benefits um, because they are the ones who get a chance to feel the cascade of information fall upon them. And uh, they uh, it's a neat it's a neat to see that because uh, the youngest, for example, is learning a poem because his sister is memorizing it. <laughs> and he is memorizing it, she's memorizing, it, even though that's not part of the curriculum. Um but, you know, Mike pointed out earlier, uh, reading. Um, we, I, I, I tell the kids, look, reading is the gateway to everything. Uh, it is really, it is a starting point and really almost an end point when it comes to educating yourself because so much can be obtained from reading. It, it's, it's a remarkable tool that I think fathers need to be complete advocate for. Um, the STEM, you know, we're such a STEM-heavy uh, culture. At least that's my sense anyway. We got to have engineers, we got to have doctors, and they definitely have a role. Don't get me wrong. And some kids are really uh, lean that direction. But I love the fact that reading is um, kind of a big part of who we are. Uh, and I can get into some more of that later on and what I how I advocate for it. But uh, but we, you know I get the kids to you know um, we'll, we'll, so we'll have our our day is very eclectic. By the way, we uh, my, but that is my wife will have kind of a she has a, an approach that she takes. And um, what I will typically do in my involvement will be to help the kids, uh, if I'm not working, uh, with their math or with some of their uh, reading, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, 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 and what we like to try and do also around the house is, you know, Tom pointed out earlier uh, theology and religion. Um, you know, conversations happen all the time. Um, you know, we'll, sometimes we'll listen to talk radio. And that's gotten old, frankly, uh, uh, in the last few years. But there was a time I was a, a voracious talk radio guy. And I liked it because I liked the topics of the day. And it created conversation points for our kids. And that was very, very beneficial. And we still have those conversations, just not necessarily the talk radio host prompting us. But it gives us a chance to talk about the social issues and how they relate or not relate to church teaching. And it, that's been, you know, those kind of prompts have been very, very helpful for us to have conversations about God, the church, and its role in, in the culture, and, and try to create analogies for them to understand that, you know, for example, we, we see kids of ours or friends of ours who, who have kind of, uh, you know, they've deviated from the faith. God willing, they'll come back. But uh, giving them the license to understand that, you know what, you're going to question your faith when you get older. You're going to have a lot of deep questions that simply are hard to answer, no matter where you turn. But you know what, if people like John Paul II and Augustine and, uh, you know, your major philosophy, uh, you know, Thomas Aquinas, if they can question, if they can uh, remain faithful, and they're geniuses, they're giants in the faith, right? And they can keep their faith, then so can I. <laughs> I can trust in the, in the, in the that doesn't mean we, we still, we don't stop 
exploring and learning and questioning and you know seeking to understand but it does mean that uh, your questions are are no different than anyone else's and there are answers sometimes they're not always evident but they will come with time and prayer so anyway that's a little bit of a deviation but i just want to those are the things that we do uh in our day that uh, and we typically will end the day with uh with uh, with uh reading you know i will read to the kids uh, i'll find a book that's some that's kind of appeals to all age levels the 5 year old and um and the and the now 13 year old uh try to find something some middle ground and we were testing books last night as a matter of fact which do you like this one no i hate that one i said i agree i don't like that one either and, and so <laughs> we, we settled on another book but it's trying to get them to uh, to love li- to love learning by way of reading, and that's one of the kind of my my biggest talking points when it comes to homeschooling. So, yeah, so good. And and these homeschooled kids have big ideas in their minds and in their hearts because they do so much reading and they have beautiful vocabularies. Although a friend of mine never read to her kids, and so they pronounce all these big words wrong. But boy, do they understand them. <laughs> It's really funny. Um, brilliant, brilliant kids. Tom, how about you? What is a day in the life for you as a homeschooling dad? You know, I think, Lisa, a day in the life for me is an adventure. And the first thing I want to let dads out there know is that I do a lot of my stuff over the breakfast table. So we're kind of wrapping up. It fits into my day. It fits into the kids' day. And on a good day, there's deep theological conversation. And on a bad day, there is absolute pandemonium and there are little people <laughs> dancing around with food in their hair and trying to do food art. Uh, and I, you know, my little guy might, you know, be stripping off some of his clothes and dancing around and doing an Irish jig or something like that. So if you're ever having one of those moments and you're like, this is pure chaos and I just lost a handle on it, please know that it's entirely possible that over at Tom Weishar's house, the same thing is going on. So, <laughs> Yeah, but but it's, you know, it's an adventure. It's been an adventure every step of the way as a mental health counselor. um, One of the things that's really impacted the way I view homeschooling is the relational side of it. And um, the fact that homeschooling is a chance for me to be in deep relationship with my children. And even more importantly, um, deep relationship with my wife and have the kids experience that on uh, a day to day basis. And um, one thing that uh, has struck me kind of vignette wise is I've talked to lots of clients where they went up through the traditional high school environment. They felt like they didn't have that much of a relationship with their parents. And especially in the toughest moments in their lives, they felt like they were alone, like their parents weren't with them in that. And um, I'll tell you, I had a, I, um, I had recently, I had my oldest, he's young still, he's nine, but he started asking questions, you know, like, like things started coming up about sexuality and he started asking some really tough questions. It was like, man, I'm terrified and I don't know exactly <laughs> what to say. You know, and this is, this goes to show what, what an adventure things are though, you know, that it kind of sent me on this journey of like, what should I be talking to my son about at this point? And I've got the book, um, Beyond the Birds and the Bees by Greg Popcheck, but I ended up working for Greg Popcheck. So in another one of those like surreal Holy Spirit moments, I had a conversation with Greg Popcheck about where my boy was at. And I said, Greg, 
he's such a good mentor to me. And he's really a, a almost kind of like a father figure. And, and I was like, Greg, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know a lot of content. I don't know exactly how to meet him where he's at. And Greg was able to really kind of like coach me through it. But one of the most remarkable things about homeschooling is that I thought that that conversation was going to be terrifying to have and so awkward. And by the time I actually got around and had it um, with my with my son, it was so relaxed and it was so open. And he was just asking genuine questions and he was curious and I was giving like appropriate responses for where he was at. And it was like, oh, what a what a beautiful fruit of of homeschooling. You know, I, I imagine it's possible to have those kind of moments. Um, you know, with the kids going to traditional school, but it sure is a lot harder. You know, I, I honestly think that. And um, one other thing that I'm realizing, too, just on the book side, um, is I'm hearing Mike talk and my kids, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling affirmed. My kids, they almost line up identically. We started with Narnia. We've gotten into Howard Pyle. I can't recommend him enough. His stuff on um, Robin Hood and King Arthur and the way it captures the imagination, it's almost second to none. And uh, so you guys know, um, you know, just to join him on the, the point about feeling inspired, I've felt absolutely inspired by his stuff. And I've had several book ideas um, for books that Mike can write while I take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know, I, Tom, I, 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 I agree with that so hard, wholeheartedly. You know, uh, I, I love what you said about, um, you know, the reading component. But the thing that you said right before that, and I'm just completely drawing a blank. But uh, you know, I think that's so critical to what mm -hmm. you, what you said. You know, I, I, to homeschooling. You know, I, I love, I love it. You know, that's great stuff. And mm -hmm. to to feed to your point, Walter, you know, it all flows out of the spiritual side. You know, you mentioned having that spiritual connection um, and, you know, like entering into the day in prayer and God's providing the graces and it's really all flowing out of that. And then you're having these connected kind of conversations throughout the day. And then you return to God at the end of the day and you kind of give it back to him in prayer. So I, I love what you had to say about spirituality there. Yeah, you know, you, what I was going to say is you just reminded me, I, you know, with your conversation with your nine-year-old boy, I had a similar conversation with my, I think he was 11 at the time, maybe 10, mm -hmm. but it was, a, it was almost a disaster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, I mean, I was listening, we, we listened to, I forget, I won't name the author, but it wasn't the author's fault. It was, we, we were listening to a CD and it was, well, I'll only name it, Christopher West. It was one of his, his things on Theology of the Body and uh, it was great, great material, but I did a terrible job of facilitating it. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I I didn't have a really good, uh, you know, I, good answers, yes, but I think I took it too far. You know, it was he was like, uh, you know, you know, he was a little bit of a complete, uh, like, what did dad just tell me? <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, you did a great, I, I, I need, see, I need the pop check lifeline like you had, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I needed that right then and there, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, but see, the, but now I'm ready for my second one who's coming up and he's probably ready for those questions too, you know? So yeah, live, but it's, live and I, I appreciate you being so honest. I think it's like that for just about all of us, because 
you know, God bless our parents. They did so many good things for us. But I, I think for a lot of us, we didn't have any, um, so much of what we bring to the table when we're parenting is kind of what we got out of that direct child experience. And for a lot of us, that type of thing just wasn't addressed. So a lot of the time, um, you know, I think all of us have those panic moments about whatever, where we're like, man, I, I feel like there's someplace I've got to take my kid right now and there's no roadmap. But I think I think the message of hope for all of us, I think, is that it's it's going to be sloppy for all of us even. But there's a way there's a way to uh, develop that that roadmap and and get there. Mm, amen. And we are going to uh, pause briefly for a sponsor message. But I just want to say that as each father in his own way is working this out, and we can feel, feel very outnumbered by the culture that at a certain point in our children's lives will have a strong voice in their ears and, a, and a, before their eyes. But this relationship with their fathers is so powerful. And, uh, and I think we can trust that God does his best work when we're outnumbered. So fathers can stand Gideon-like uh, before the enemy and, and really be there for their children. It's just so beautiful, and it takes so many different forms at different stages. All right, everybody, we're going to hear from our sponsor now just real quick, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now, back to our program. All right, we're back, and we've got Mike Aquilina, Walter Crawford, and Tom Weishar. We're talking about Dad's special gifts. And I'd like to bring us around to just some of the fruits. What are you seeing? We'll start with Mike again that's come about from your homeschooling journey as a father? Where are you seeing the fruits of your your role? Well, right now in our lives, I, I see the fruits in, in, in the children's lives. They're all adults now, every single one of them, and they're, they're all doing well. Uh, it's funny, my kid who was most math resistant, most math resistant, just wanted nothing to do with it. He taught himself all the math that he needed to know in the month before he had to take the SATs. Uh, he, he's, he's always been a contrarian kid, and, and I didn't appreciate that at all when he was growing up. Uh, but I appreciate it now because he's contrarian even in his field. And, uh, you know, he got into the tech field, and one of, one of his first big clients was, was in banking. And my wife and I were, were marveling that the guy who's designing software for these enormous international banks, you know, have wanted nothing to do with math. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, that people are led to believe that if you don't, you know, if you don't do all the things that the, the public school is doing, you know, for in the year that it's designed for, well, then your, your kid's going to just end up in a gutter somewhere. Um, <laughs> we found out it's not true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's good to see them all thriving now. They're in very diverse fields. As I said, my, my, my oldest is a techie. Um, he's part owner of a, of a software company. He's been in business now for about a dozen years, uh, maybe more. Uh, 
and uh and 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 my 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 next uh, child is uh is is married mother of three and um i should say that michael is married also he's a father of three uh my my third uh, just got married she actually is a public school teacher she's an art teacher she's quite an accomplished artist too um the uh the the, the fourth is um is doing graduate school in oxford now in the history of science um uh with with no science no no no, 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 no parents who had any uh, particular aptitude in science. So, uh, <laughs> so the kids kind of go their way and they, they, they really do go after the skills that they'll need in order to pursue their interests. If we just kind of foster those things and say, hey, we're there to support you uh, in this. Um, next, next child is a pastry chef. She went to culinary school. That's what she wanted to do. And she's managing, uh, the pastries for a big bakery in, in the city, uh, right now. Uh, and, um, and, uh, the, the last, the youngest is the one who's just back from a religious order and trying to figure out what comes next in the great adventure. So, um, so, it, it, you know, for me, the rewarding thing now is to, is to see them as adults, as responsible adults with families of their own and, um, and with, um, with with professions you know pursuing their professions and uh and to see them all so different from from each other and so different from their parents you know uh i don't think any of them really took uh, a path that their parents would take uh but but you know it's their their own explorations that that led them there Mm, it just sounds like each of them had a foundation of being lifelong learners which we've touched on but Mm -hmm. also of having the space to be discovering and be authentic and and all of that to to have acceptance and encouragement so beautiful and very powerful from the father um yeah thank you so much mike what about you walter what fruits are you seeing and i will just asterisk that i had the pleasure of helping to teach writing to two of your older children and they came into that writing process full of beans and ideas so it was a lot of fun working with them so what are you seeing now several years later yeah um and you're a great teacher for them so thank you for that uh, you know they are um so the oldest is at hillsdale she's a junior and uh she absolutely loves it um and she's a journalism major uh, along with a f- uh, political science emphasis i believe political philosophy um, which is like the bread and butter of both uh, what Hillsdale does, right? It's one of their, their kind of their missions, if you will, or what they're known for, maybe a better way of putting it. Um, and uh, she loves it. And she's looking to intern at a major conservative publication uh, this this particular upcoming um, summer. Um, and, you know, she's actually, if you want to check her out, uh, Beth Crawford, <laughs> Uh, she is on the Collegian, uh, so she writes for them. She has a n- number of articles, and uh, some. Of, she always calls me, Dad. My article got seventy five thousand views, you know, and she's <laughs> wow. all excited about how many views she's getting and stuff. But you know, that's that is amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, she's she's a, she's an amazing person, and um, and uh, my son, my second oldest, is an honor student at Benedictine, uh, and he's actually right now at the March for Life. Um, didn't expect the 19 hour bus ride <laughs> that kind of caught him off guard a little bit, but, um, he's texting me at two in the morning last night about the condition of his computer, but, um, uh, you know, he's, he's doing really well. He's a very good writer. And like Mike said, both of them, well, they're very good writers. Actually, they're very good readers too. Um, but 
Um, they're taking different paths, right? She's more politically minded. Uh, he's more creatively minded. He wants to write creatively. Um, and he's doing voice work for another podcast, as a matter of fact. Uh, so he, he was discovered as an MC in the church uh, and reading reading scripture at church. And uh, one of the podcast hosts heard him, heard his voices. I need that voice. <laughs> so if you hear his voice on the Catholic Gentleman podcast, uh, that's his voice you're going to be hearing. Um, and the other four, uh, you know, they... You know they're coming into their own, right? They're beginning to under, uh, understand who they are and what their interests are. Our second, our third oldest is uh, very immersed in uh, podcasts, so I can see her path going that direction in some way. And the other three, well, the jury's still out right now, but <laughs> they're 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 moving in the right direction, right? I think that's and 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 I like what Mike said. You know, everyone's kind of taking their own path. And one thing I like about homeschooling is it's not fashion in any way, shape, or form. If you if you really try to just listen to the way the kids like what they like to do, and you kind of let them kind of nudge them, sometimes it takes a nudging, but push them, encourage them going in a particular direction if that's what where their talents lie, and see if they like it. And if they don't, then you know they back away and they'll try something else, that kind of thing. Well, I kind of see dads serving that role too. You know, kind of hurt. You know, seeing a, a talent. Uh, and that goes back to what Mike said earlier about, you know, being part of their lives, you know, trying to doing things that they like to do. My wife's better at this than me, by the way. She'll tolerate listening to bad music more than I will or reading a bad book <laughs> than I will. But um, but but getting up, getting your pulse on that a little bit um, helps having great conversations, but also helps encourage you know, how to encourage them um, as they get into their adult years. So, yeah, it's. Uh, it's. I think the biggest fruit is just giving them a chance to th- grow and thrive in the space that God plants them, you know, and uh, and kind of help watering that spot, right? That's what we're doing. We're watering the spot that they happen to be planted in and uh, and, and nurturing it as best we can. Mm, so good. Thank you, Walter. Tom, what fruits are you seeing? I know they're little, but what are you seeing oh, sure. so far? Well, I'll tell you, I know more about pirate songs and Little House on the Prairie than I ever thought I would in my life, <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah. You know, Walter Walter missed, uh, mentioned the uh, the tolerating the the bad music. And uh, it, God bless my wife. You know, sometimes in my household, the bad music is coming from me and the children <laughs> are joining in. She's a, she's, a, she's a very patient, saintly lady, you know. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, you know, on a on a, a deeper level, first of all, intellectually, I think one fruit already that I, I've experienced is that my kids, um, just in general, have gotten the idea that learning is fun and engaging and exciting, and that they're passionate and into it in a way that I never was. Um, but formationally, there are even other big things. There's uh the a sense of a joy. When people talk to me about my children, they say they're joyful. They say they have great manners. Um, they uh, uh, mentioned that they're well-formed. And um, uh, one of the absolute biggest pieces of that is homeschooling. And it's been a, a big sacrifice for my wife and I to homeschool. Um, and I cannot imagine uh, not doing it. It is... Um, it is singular. Once you once you start doing it, um, there is nothing quite like it. Mm. 
Thank you so much. That, just to hear your joy in talking about it. We do see these early fruits, right? That Those relationships draw out from their hearts and souls so much beauty, so much excitement. And just want to juxtapose that feedback from the outside world, Tom, with what you said about the family circus, and it can be complete bedlam at times, right? So not to sweat that, that that's just one day or one moment because the fruits are there and other people probably see them before you do because they're a little different when they're out side, right? When they're with other people, they're a little better behaved or whatever. Uh, they're safer with you. So they're probably a little wilder at times. <laughs> <laughs> Will said we often, I've often had that reflection. They, they, uh, the company comes over and the kids are just lined up and they're perfect and they're polite and everything. And then the next day it's bedlam again. And I'm thinking, how soon can we get more company over here? <laughs> we need them a little less comfortable. <laughs> I love it. This is beautiful. It's All right, hilarious. guys, in the interest of time, let's do a quick round robin of whatever it is that you'd like for the fathers listening at all different stages and even some grandparents of their homeschooling journeys. What would you like to leave them with? Um, and it can be a resource recommendation. It can just be a thought from the heart, anything that's coming to you. Mike, what would you like to end on? Moderate your expectations. You know, I've always considered it one of the uh, the the great advantages for me that I had such low expectations in life. You know, um, you know, because because God has a plan that's nothing like yours, and uh, He has a plan for each and every one of your children, and it's surprising. It's going to surprise you. All of my children have surprised me. Um, learn to be patient. Learn to take a breath. Um, uh, try to try to moderate things like like frustration, anger. You know, go out, take a walk, think about it, pray, and uh, and 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 calm down. Things are going fine. Probably, uh, it's just that uh, you didn't have a good night's sleep, or you had too much caffeine this morning, or whatever it is. Uh, but but yeah, take a breath. <laughs> mm, so <laughs> learn good, to do that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was just going to say that fighting spirit of the father can mm -hmm. sometimes overflow into family life in a way that needs to be checked, right? So just that self-awareness, as you're saying, Mike, it's so good because that strength is beautiful. And we just want to always uh, do our best, but forgive ourselves too. What are you thinking, mm -hmm. Walter? What would you like to leave us with? Golly, um, that thought... Um gives me so many thoughts, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, one of the things for, especially for younger children, um, I, I like, we, we've employed a, a, a technique called what we call just because days. I think it's a phrase that was stolen from a podcast that we listened to. Um, and, and, and I would provide it as a resource, but it's, it, it escapes me now, but the idea of just because days for the younger ones. So let's say they've accomplished the work that maybe the target that the mom had in mind or the dad that had in mind for that day or week or whatever, and give them some kind of incentive at the end, whether maybe we go out for ice cream or, uh, you know, take a stroll in the park, or maybe you go to the museum um, or the zoo or something fun, you know, something that the kids can look forward to. It doesn't have to be, could go to the movies, whatever. Um, I think those are those are really kind of um, uh, wonderful opportunities for you to get to know the kids uh, during the school day and show how special homeschooling can be. Um, because there are going to be days that they're not special, right? There are going to be days when it's a little tougher than normal. Um, 
when you have when when you're following a, a kind of a curriculum and you do have kind of goals and some parents do have that type of arrangement right and we're one of those where we don't have necessarily like an unschooling arrangement like Mike and his family has um but when you have like kind of these targets you're kind of shooting for um it, it can be it can create challenges right it creates uh, deadlines that are really kind of uh difficult and especially when it comes to adolescence right the kids are entering their teen years um it can be very discouraging uh young men in particular have a have a real obstinance uh they become lazy uh, something happens when they hit around 12 they incredibly lazy that's <laughs> yeah, like and that's okay you know they're it's okay to recognize and to, to, to you know what, they're going to be lazy no matter what, whether they're in a traditional setting or they're at homeschool. It's just the way it is. Um, and recognizing that and try to work with that uh, and not blow up at that uh, and try to figure out um, what do they, how do they want to handle it? it? It kind of work. It becomes kind of a mind share, a, a brain, um, an exercise and brainstorming, right? You try to figure out what the best approach would be for that individual. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, then you start kind of creating a, a form of accountability or that they, that they agree to, right. Uh, self accountability sort of thing. So, you know, I, I think that those are, you know, I don't know if those are words of wisdom or not, that's more of a kind of a, a stream of conscious thought, but I would say that it, it is, it is something that, um, be prepared for if you're not already, and uh, recognizing, by the way, it's not the end of the world either, as Mike pointed out. Our, our, our second oldest, the, the son who's now an honor student at Benedictine, was by far the most challenging and began to question everything about homeschooling that we thought, <laughs> all right, we needed to you know, lower our expectations, right? But here he is. Um, he, he's only one of 25 students at Benedictine at a, fun, at a really wonderful Catholic uh, university or college. And doing quite well, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, lowering your expectations, recognizing their talents, try to appeal to those talents, try to motivate them in that space. I think that's where dads can be really pivotal, pivotal <laughs> in, in that effort and try to uh, and be there for the mom. Right. I would say that be there for the mom, you know, give her. We haven't really talked about that too much, but I would say that the mom needs a break uh, more than the dad. Right. We, we get the benefit of working with adults all the time. They have employees that are willing to backtalk them all the time. That's <laughs> why I like those are our kids, by the way. Uh, and, um, you know, be 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 uh, there for the mom and give her a license to take breaks whenever she needs them. My wife has a night off every week uh, and, you know, she's leaves at around four o'clock and I don't see her until about midnight. <laughs> um, and so, and that's, that's her prerogative. She gets a chance to do that. And it's, and so I think that's really important. And uh, you know, for the, for the dad to be supportive of the, of the mom throughout the entire process. So. Mm, thank you, Walter. It's so good. Tom, what would you like to leave us with? Yeah. And I've, I've got two, uh, two quick ones. The first one is toward Walter's point. I had a boss on a previous job. He has 12 kids and he told me, so, you know, Tom, your boys are all going to hit a point somewhere in the ages between 11 and 13, where for nonstop for a year, they're going to think you're a complete idiot about everything. So be ready for that. But uh, that's that's just a, a, a note to be be ready that there, there are definitely those ups and downs uh, toward what uh, Walter is talking about. Um, but I do have a resource to share. 
Um, so I, I, I'll start with a, a very brief story on it. So uh, one thing my wife and I have heard from both uh, um, uh, mothers and fathers who homeschool is that they have these conversations about um, uh, what am I going to do when I'm done with my primary um, duty, homeschooling and parenting? What am I going to do to impact the church and change the world? And um, people talk about all these these external things that they really want to do somewhere down the line. And that actually breaks my heart. And that breaks my wife's heart because the real message is, no, it's not like you homeschool and you're a husband or a wife and you have you have children. And then um, you're doing outside things that are changing the world. The point is that your family is the domestic church and the first society. And that when you're renewing um, that family and having it do amazing things, that's what transforms uh, the church, the society, the world. And um, toward that end, Greg and Lisa Popchuk have uh, founded the Catholic Home App. That's Catholic H-O-M. And um, this app is a community of people who are coming together, learning all the skills. You know, we've talked even, uh, it's come up in conversations, those times where you're not sure exactly what to do. Um, it's a place to learn how to develop those skills to parent as the Catholic Church would have us parent to support one another in that and then move forward in a movement together. The Catholic Church's um, most important movement to change itself on its most fundamental level um, by renewing the family, starting with yours. So it's the Catholic Home App. That's Catholic H-O-M. We have a free version. We're doing a, uh, for the paid version, there's a two-month free trial, and many families are having their entire family start having all kinds of amazing transformations in as little as two weeks even. So I want to invite everybody out, Catholic Home, Catholic H-O-M. Uh, we'd love to have you there. Join um, the already thousands, that's thousands of families who are uh, a part of the Catholic Church's most important movement. Wow. Praise God. So Amen. exciting to hear. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. This has been just a fabulous conversation. Could have stayed another hour or two, but these are busy guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. We pray for you. Please pray for us too. Mike, Walter, Tom, just spectacular conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Bye now. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.